Hello, Hooray for Monday listeners. This is Jenna, Director of Teaching and Learning here at Center for Inspired Teaching. And today we're going to talk about voting and sharing your voice. As we all know, Tuesday is election day. And I want to start us off with a question. Does that matter for the work we need to do in the classroom? In a recent Education Week article, reporter Libby Stanford wrote, this year, debates over schools' role in teaching students about gender, sexuality, and race have fueled the campaigns of candidates across the country in contests for governor, state superintendent, state boards of education, and local school boards. For candidates on the conservative side, that often means promoting their conception of parents' rights along with school choice and restrictions on how issues including race, gender, and sexuality are taught and approached in schools. Candidates on the more liberal side, by contrast, are apt to champion issues such as teacher pay increases, greater mental health supports for students, and support for LGBTQ students. So yes, the future of education is definitely on the ballot. This week, the most important thing we can do is vote. But what we do after the ballots are counted might matter even more. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona was recently interviewed by Adam Harris, a reporter for The Atlantic, who asked him what was contributing to the mass exodus from the teaching profession. Cardona said, This teacher shortage is a symptom of a teacher respect issue. There are states in our country where teachers make 30% less than other college graduates. We have normalized as a country that teachers are bartending on the weekends, that they're driving Uber on the weekends. They're responsible for helping our children reach their potential. We've normalized treating the profession less than what it should be. And we see the results of it when when they have options, they say, I'm not doing this. Um, we have to do better. Harris asked him where this lack of respect comes from, and Cardona replied, We are a student-centered profession. We care about children at the expense of ourselves. These same teachers that are making a poor salary in many, uh, in many states are not hesitating to put their hand in their own pocket to buy things for kids. They're here for kids at the expense sometimes of themselves or their profession. So if they're not bringing it up, fighting for it, what ends up happening is there are other priorities that that get the attention. And I've said before, you know, and this is on my my personal thinking, you know, we have about 75% of our teaching workforce are women. Would it be the same if 75% were men? These remarks are hard to hear, but they're not wrong. We have to vote, but to get the respect we deserve, the respect we need to continue to thrive in this profession, we have to share our voices. And that's difficult when you are in a school that may not support teachers talking to the media. That rule is usually in place to avoid negative press, but we don't actually need negative press to raise awareness and respect for the profession. In fact, negative press may work to our detriment. It reinforces the brokenness of a system that seems too overwhelming to fix. What we need are stories about how effective teaching and learning work, 
so the public gets more invested in creating policies and providing funding to keep it working. When we raise our voices, we don't have to point fingers at everything that is wrong. Instead, we need to elevate stories of what we're doing right, how we make that happen, and what is required to take good work to scale. Our schools are less likely to turn down a media opportunity if it's for something good. And every time we put a story into the world about engagement-based learning in our schools, we make the case for making that the norm and not the exception. You can start sharing these stories with us. You'll see in the notes to this podcast a link to provide feedback on a brief survey about what keeps you doing the work. We may reach out to do an interview so we can share your story in a future issue of Hooray for Monday. And please vote on Tuesday. But after that, let's work together to share our voices. No matter who gets elected, they all need to hear what we have to say. Here are four ways that you can share your voice. These approaches integrate storytelling into things that you are likely already doing in your school and in your classroom. First, share your work with parents. When we talk about our work with peers, we're preaching to the choir. When we talk with parents, we're spreading the message into the world beyond school. Parents are a captive audience and they benefit from knowing what their children are doing in school. An activity like Scribe's Record, we've got a link in the show notes, is an excellent reflection tool for your class and a ready-made way to communicate classroom learning to families. Second, let us interview you. As I just mentioned, we welcome opportunities to shine a light on the work of inspired teachers. Reach out to me if you have a story to tell. We'll have a way to contact me in the notes. We may feature you on our blog, podcast, website, social media, and in Hooray for Monday. Third, find community partners to do projects with your class. When we bring outsiders into our schools, we offer them fresh perspectives on school that aren't what they see in stock photography or movies. Can you get a banker to come in for a lesson on financial management, a local scientist for a lab experiment, a community author for a writing workshop? These guests can bring expertise to your students, but more importantly, you and your students open their eyes to what a classroom is all about, thus raising the profile of our work. And finally, build a relationship with a reporter. Find out who your local education reporters are and reach out to them to introduce yourself, letting them know you'll keep them posted on neat classroom activities they may want to cover. You'll want permission from your principal in advance and clarity around what pictures can and cannot be taken. But once you've established contact, you may want to send the reporter a calendar with upcoming events or send periodic emails to keep the lines of communication open. Reporters are often looking for teachers to offer a perspective to their education stories. You can always decline these requests, but becoming a source for a reporter is one of the most efficient ways to get your voice in front of a broad audience. So those are four ways to help share your voice. But here's one more thing to consider, which is to join us at our upcoming professional development. This Saturday, we had a wonderful time connecting with teachers at the National Portrait Gallery for our first November Institute. 
We have one more institute this month. This one is online and it's coming up this Wednesday, November 9th at 7 p.m. If you're struggling to connect with some of your students or your classroom culture is not quite where you want it, you won't want to miss this session on meeting the social and emotional need for mutual respect. Mutual respect is not a luxury, it's a genuine human need. And in this fun, innovative, and interactive professional learning experience, you'll develop concrete strategies for centering mutual respect in your practice through both classroom management and academic instruction. Visit our website, inspiredteaching.org, to learn more. Thank you for sharing this time with us. Remember to vote on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, start sharing your voice. Your stories can help bring teaching the respect it deserves.